Who wants to hear a powerful word today? Oh my goodness. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I want to start with Proverbs 18, 21. This is kind of a continuation of, of last week. Oh my, my, my. I love when the Holy Spirit speaks. Amen. So refreshing. Man, I want to welcome all the visitors here today, too. Y'all look great today. Look at you. Where's my phone? I need to get a picture of you guys. Proverbs 18, 21. Here we go. Let's jump right in. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, today I want to talk more about the spiritual and natural realm connection, all right? Last week in my message, Revelation of the Realms, I talked about how our thought life is the communication or gateway in the spirit realm. You remember that? All right? And our spoken words and our actions uh, come through our physical body, which causes us to impact the natural realm. Now, it's like that because God put that into motion. He gave authority to mankind. To impact the spiritual realm, you need an earth suit. Does everyone have an earth suit in here today? Guess what? You can change the world around you. Amen? So, our thought life makes a connection with either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness in the spirit realm. And our spoken words and actions, you could say it this way, they pull a manifestation from one of those two kingdoms into the natural realm, all right? Unfortunately, those that are in witchcraft, the occult, they kind of got a a better revelation than some in the church, which is a horrible thing. I I mean, the body of Christ as a whole, all right? It's a sad thing, but that's why we're teaching this to you, amen? So we can use it for the kingdom of God, amen? And, and what it's doing is it's giving permission to that kingdom to intervene in the natural realm. So both kingdoms in the spirit realm, they, they both require permission to operate on the earth. All right? Say permission. permission. They both require permission to operate on this earth. And if, if they don't, listen, we're wasting our time. If someone says, well, no, they don't need our permission. Well, what do you think prayer is? Are you following me? What do you think prayer is? Prayer is inviting God into your situation. Every time you're in a problem and you're praying for God to intervene, well, guess what then? You're wasting your time. Come on, somebody. A prayer is inviting God into the natural realm, into whatever circumstance we're facing, right? Remember, so I'm talking about uh, neutral spiritual laws here. And they can be activated. When I say neutral, it means it can go one way or the other. It can be activated in the kingdom of God or for the kingdom of darkness, all right? That's why we need to use them wisely. Say, I need to be wise. wise. That's why Jesus told us and warned us and commanded us. This is not a suggestion. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of our needs and provision will be met on this earth. All right. The kingdom of God, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's spiritual. Come on. The kingdom of God is spiritual. Everything on this earth has a spiritual root to it because God created everything. Amen. Now, like I said last week, there are some inventions that man created with the inspiration of the influence from the kingdom of darkness that God has nothing to do with. 
Satan can't create anything. He takes what God made and he perverts it into something. Are you hearing me? All right. But everything has a spiritual root because everything we see here, right, first came from the spirit realm. So Jesus is, is revealing to us a major uh, thing here. He's, he's revealing that the kingdom of God in the spirit realm is this, that we need, this is really what Jesus is saying. I love Jesus' words. It's powerful. He says, major in the spirit realm in the kingdom of God and minor in the natural realm on this earth. Because he said what? Seek first the kingdom of God. Well, the kingdom of God, we just said, is spiritual. So we need to major in the spiritual realm. In other words, we need to know some things about how the spirit realm operates, right? All right? That's what Jesus is trying to tell us here. So don't, and, he, and he, with that, he's saying, don't get caught up in focusing on the natural realm. It will steal your faith. It will steal your your joy. It will steal your peace. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God, right? It's not meat and drink. I know some of us think it is when we're eating a good lunch and good dinner, but it's not. Come on, somebody. It's spiritual. Amen? So this message today is a deeper look at the aspects about our spoken words and their effects in our life. I think it's really going to be a blessing. So I I slapped a title on it, and it's called this, Manifestation, uh, Manifestation of Spoken Words. That's what I'm calling it today. And it's kind of part two of the Revelation of the Realms. So Proverbs 18.21, which we just read, reveals that death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know what a better word is there? authority. Death and life are in the power or authority of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Now, this verse is full of revelation right there. All right. First of all, it reveals this, that words, spoken words are containers. They contain something, and it's either life or death, right? Say, my words are containers. For words to have an effect or change something in the natural realm, a sound must be verbally released. In other words, if you're keeping all your words in here or up in here, guess what? It does not impact the natural realm until it's released. You got to release the sound. Say, I got to release that sound for it to have any benefit. Now, again, this has to do with the fact that our physical body gives us humans authority on this earth. All right? It gives us authority. And you must, by the way, you must believe what you're saying and not have doubt in your heart. Mark chapter 11, Jesus said that, right? You shall speak unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe those things that you're saying, you will have whatsoever you say, right? So there has to, you have to believe what you're saying. If you're saying something and you don't believe it, you know what it's called? An idle word. Come on, somebody. It's just that idle. But if you're hooking up with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, there's fire on it. Amen? Holy Ghost fire. So the words must be released through your earth suit or physical body, through your vocal cords. I dare you to try to cast out a demon just by thought. Come on, somebody. you got to release the sound. Amen? I'm, ta- I'm talking about some spiritual things here. Anybody want to? I, I mean, this is not a Billy Graham meeting here today, somebody. I, 
We're trying to go a little deeper. Are you following me? Are you with me here? Come on, somebody. Anybody need a life jacket in here? Come on. Here we go. Just hold on tight to someone. You're going to make it through. So, like I said, holding on to the words in your thought life are powerless in the natural realm. They must be released. Last week I said something. I said the best that spiritual beings can do in the spirit realm, the best they can do is try to influence mankind. They cannot control you. That's why it's called the works of the flesh, not the works of the devil, because it all comes down to you cooperating with the devil by your own free will. So the responsibility rests on you, rests on me, right? The best they can do is try to get us to cooperate with them in the in the two things they're trying to get us to cooperate. How do we cooperate with with them? Whether it's the Holy Ghost, whether it's an evil spirit. Okay, here's what it is. They're trying to get us to verbally speak something and or act on something. You you ever hear someone who, who's a murderer or something? You know, they say, "I just man, I just had this influence to go out and do something bad." That was the enemy, a demon, putting that thought in their mind. And guess what? They cooperated with that demon. Are you hearing me, somebody? Are you all sleeping in here today? Come on. Here's what it is. It's a game. The spirit realm is this. It's a game of legal rights. That's all it is. Say legal rights. It's about giving them place. All right? About giving them place. Because of our authority as humans, having a physical body, our spoken words carry a manifestation with them that affect our life. And, listen to this, the Holy Spirit had me put this in here. I mean, he, he, he said, do not preach this without saying this. Spoken words have an effect on our life and those under our authority, such as our children, our spouse, church members, bosses. Come on, somebody. Let, I got to put this in here. Verbal abuse is a real thing. And it has absolutely damaging effects on us and those under our authority. Word cursing can have, uh, can have effects on an individual that will last a lifetime if not dealt with, with through the name of Jesus Christ and the healing power of the Holy Spirit. I can look at a person and know that they're, they have a word curse over their life. I can look at them. I can see it, that someone over in authority, they, they have it over them. Now, some of that is, is spiritual discernment from the Holy Spirit, right? Because I do flow very strong in, in the uh, discerning of spirits gift. But, but some of it is even just a physical manifestation, uh, looking wore out, depressed, physical infirmities attacking someone. Physical sickness, disease, and infirmities are, they, are the fruit or manifestation, listen to this, are the manifestation of death in the physical body. Let me say that again. Physical, oh, I know I'm writing some, some healing service stuff now, right? Listen, here we go. Physical sickness, disease, and infirmities are a fruit or manifestation of death. Slow death in the physical body. Their goal is trying to take you out. You do understand that, right? It's part of the curse. All right? Now listen to this. Depression, oppression, fear, and all of that kind is a manifestation of death in your soul, mind, will, and emotions. Oh, the devil doesn't like me very much. 
especially why you were speaking at about the angel guarding me. Praise God. The goal of sickness, disease, and infirmities are to remove health and take you out of this life. Like I said, it's a slow manifestation of death. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Look at this. Faith is not silent. Amen? Listen to this. Proverbs 12, 18. It says, There is one who speaks like, a, like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. This is talking about word cursing right here, ladies and gentlemen. When we speak word curses over ourselves or, under the, or, or those that are under our authority, it's like piercing us or them with a sword. Because we are loosing, here's what's going on, you are loosing or giving permission to the kingdom of darkness and the fruit of the kingdom of darkness to come into your life or that one under your authority. But I love how it says, it says the tongue of the wise promotes health because those words are lined up with the word of God. I love that. Amen. It releases the fruit of the kingdom of God. A wise tongue is one that speaks the word of God and blocks the kingdom of darkness. Come on. A wise tongue releases life. So now back to Proverbs eighteen twenty one. The last part of that says that those who love it, the fruit of it, they're going to eat the fruit of it. Remember? The power or authority of the tongue, there's death and life in the power or authority of the tongue. It says those who love it will eat its fruit. Now remember, it's talking about the life or death here. That is saying this. Man, it, it just a revelation popped in my spirit. It's amazing what's going on. I appreciate all the prayers you guys pray for me because the Holy Spirit's definitely revealing things. That is saying this. If you willingly take hold of those words or put your stamp of approval on those words in your life, that they will have an effect and accomplish the mission of manifesting life or death. Man. So let's break this down a little bit more. Say, break it down, Pastor. There we go. Your words affect your life and those under your authority. We know about that. We, we just know that. There's something very powerful. Let me say that. There's something about that. There's something very powerful that your spirit man and your soul connects with those that are under author, your authority. Even though... a. Uh, 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 you know, a student at a high school who's rebellious. Guess what? They still recognize authority of that teacher that they're rebelling against. Hello. Come on, somebody. There's something, your boss, someone, the pastor, there's something, there's a spiritual connection there or a soul tie that recognizes authority of that individual, right? That is, so that is why God warns us, hey, don't be unequally yoked with a person in your life because that person can open the floodgates of hell to you in your life. Are you hearing me, somebody? Yeah. All right, so there's something powerful about the authority. And guess what? Authority is recognized in both realms. Not only the natural realm, it's recognized in the spiritual realm. All right? Some people say, well, yeah, but I can change him or her. Well, in the meantime, you feel like you'll never be able to rise above spiritual and emotional obstacles, right? Whatever. But, but so that's just be wise. Say, I've got to be wise who I connect myself with. Amen? All right. 
So they can also affect those that speak into your life that are you, you are not under their authority. All right? So your words affect you. They affect those under your authority, telling your kids they're no good, they're worthless. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody in here. I'm telling you, it's, it's unbelievable how many things that people carry in deliverance and emotional healing ministry, how many things people carry. I ministered to 80 and 90-year-old people who have been living under that curse. It's unbelievable, that word curse, all right? So an example of this is a person that you might or might not know calling you a loser or saying that you'll never amount to anything, all right? Have you ever had anybody say that to you, right? Those words have power if you love or embrace or take hold of that word curse for your life. All right? That is how the kingdom of darkness operates. Let's, let's give you a little glimpse into the spirit realm here. They are constantly watching us. The evil spirits in, in the kingdom of darkness, they're constantly watching us. They know our weaknesses in our family line. They know the weaknesses in your life. And they are very strategic with the rejection, the abuse, the abandonment. All right? Have you ever had a rough day? Have you ever had a rough day and someone else comes along and speaks something to you that reinforces what happened earlier in the day? Has anybody ever had anything like that happen? Who do you think that's from? Why? Because the enemy will kick you when you're down. The enemy is very strategic. They will kick you when you're down. The word curses from people will come at a time at a low point in your life in hopes that you will take hold of it and make it your own thought. That's what they're trying to do, okay? So you will quite often hear a Christian say, nothing is going right for me in my life. That's what's going on. All right? A while back, I preached a message about the thought life, and I feel like I need to touch on this again. It's been proven, it's been proven that when the enemy puts a negative thought into your thought life, you have 17 seconds to cast that thought down or it becomes yours. Say 17 seconds. <laughs> Remember that show MacGyver? Remember there's a bomb like getting ready to go off and he's, man, frantically, you know, what, why, oh, what wire do I? Yeah, the blue one. Always the blue one. Well, guess what? You have 17 seconds to cut that blue wire in your life, in your thought life. Think about this. If you meditate on that thought for over 17 seconds, you have taken hold of it, you've made it your own, and you have given that word power in your life. Now, I want to bring up another point that I talked about. I don't know, it may have been the same message, but go with me to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, I want to show you something here. It's something that a lot of Christians kind of overlook. And I don't, it's right there, but hey, you know, I mean, healings in, in the word of God and people miss it all the time, right? The Holy Ghost baptism is clear as a bell, but it takes a demon not to see it, right? Come on. Okay, so now, come on, somebody. Let's just tell it like it is. It takes a deception not to see it. It's there, right? All right. So here we go. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. And it says this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue 
word curses, which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, so notice, it says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Uh, I want you to notice the weapon, it will be formed. There are weapons formed against us. We know this, right? But it says that it will not prosper or accomplish the destruction that it was meant to inflict. Guess what? That's where most people stop right there. Here's something you need to do to cancel that thing. Come on now. Here we go. This is uh, talking primarily about word curses being formed against us. All right? Because here's why. Because everything has a spiritual root. Everything has a spiritual root. Words are spiritual. Well, how do you know that? Well, because all the funerals I've been to, I've never seen a dead body sit up and talk to me and have a conversation. The spirit man left the building. So the words that come out of your mouth are from are being formed in your spirit man, and it comes through your vocal cords. Hello, somebody. Didn't know you'd have biology class here today, right? Hallelujah. And we got to teach the Democrats what a woman is, what a man is, right? Come on, we'll do that at another time, though. But listen to this. Love it. Here we go. So this is talking about a person speaking a word curse and trying to give the kingdom of darkness access into your life and to manifest death and destruction. Steal, kill, and destroy, right? That's what they're trying to do. So here is the key that many Christians miss in this verse. The weapon will not prosper against us if we will rise up and condemn the word. You've got to condemn the word. If you don't condemn it, it's active. Here's the deal. Condemn means to pronounce judgment against or to express disapproval against. To cancel the original purpose of something to block that thing. Come on, somebody. We condemn it by our spoken words. Just think about this, all right? We're talking about word curses here, right? How do you come against a word curse? Well, it's not by juggling. It's by speaking against the thing, amen, somebody? You come against it with words, amen? We condemn it by our spoken words, by verbally renouncing and canceling every demonic and satanic assignment against us. You know what? Throw in, throw in your confessions and with your prayers in the morning, it wouldn't hurt for us to throw this in. I renounce and destroy every word curse spoken against me in the name of Jesus. I cancel every demonic and satanic assignment against my life and against my family in the name of Jesus. Well, that won't work. Well, go ahead. Keep on doing what you're doing then. Is it working? Right? Come on, somebody. You must believe what you are speaking has power to overcome the power of that word curse in your life. Here's the problem when it becomes active. When someone speaks a word curse over your life, many Christians take hold of it. They believe it. That's what gives it power. That's what gives it power. Now here it says this. It says that this is the heritage to condemn this word uh, the word curses that they will not prosper against you, right? It says, This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, 
and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. I want you to notice that this right to renounce word curses belongs to the believers that are the servants of the Lord, number one, and those, here it is, that understand their righteousness through Jesus Christ. If you don't understand your righteousness and your identity in Christ, the devil's going to have a field day in your life. And that's why people feel so emboldened to come against you all the time and speak. You're letting them run over you. Don't let them do it. I always say this. You know what? Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a doormat. You picked a fight with the wrong Christian. You did. You, I'm telling you right now, I'm not a doormat. Amen? And you're not a doormat. Amen? Grow up. Have a backbone for crying out loud. Have some respect for yourself. Have some respect with, of who you are in Christ. Quit letting these people speak into your life like you're a dog. Come on, somebody. Come on. So word curses have power over the Christian that do not understand who they are in Christ and what he accomplished for them through his death, burial, and resurrection. All right? To know who you are in Christ requires maintaining a spiritual mindset from the Word of God. Set your mind on things above. Amen? That's what the Word says. The moment you take your focus off of Jesus and the Word of God, guess what? The enemy will slip a person into your life to word curse you. The moment you take your eyes off, if you will stay focused on Jesus, if you will fill yourself with the Word of God, I guarantee you, when someone comes into your life, you're going to have, if someone's not right, you're going to have a feeling, something just don't feel right with that person. Something don't, there, there's something there, I can't really put my finger on something is there that doesn't feel right. I'm preaching to somebody here today. So we got to keep our eyes on the Lord. Amen? Amen. So we need to be sober. We need to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Or guess what? Who allows him to devour you. All right. So the Holy Spirit wants me just to touch on this real quick. Be sober and vigilant. Think about this. Alcohol should not be a part of the Christian's life. Are you following me, somebody? Really? Why? Why? Why do we? Need, what does alcohol do? It gives you a buzz. It tries to numb the emotional pain in a person's life. No, no. Our faith and hope and trust needs to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Amen? Really? Think about it. I remember Rodney Howard Brown in one of his services said he went in to a store when he was in Africa, South Africa, and he seen this, it was a non-alcoholic drink, but it had some in it, and he went to grab it, and the Holy Spirit said, you either have that or you have me. You're either going to be filled with that or you be filled with me. Take your, take your pick. It really, honestly, come on, it really shouldn't have any part of a Christian's life. It really shouldn't. It does absolutely no, in fact, it's poison to the body. It kills brain cells. Come on, amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good here. I know. But really, I mean, those who are really serious to press in to the Lord, you're not going to want any part of it. Come on, amen. You don't need it. 
In fact, those who are probably taking part of it, there's something lacking. There's something spiritually lacking in their life, and they're trying to fill the void with that. Amen? I'll move on now. And, And by the way, alcohol has brought so much pain into this earth. People getting killed in car wrecks. Families being destroyed. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be preaching here. Oh, are you following me? Why would we give place to the devil through alcohol? It's brought nothing but pain on this earth. Hallelujah. That's just, it, that's just the way it is. My pastoral advice, stay away from that poison. It's the devil's poison. So for that weapon not to prosper, you must know your identity in Christ. Amen? Go with me. Oh, by the way, the battle of the mind is a battle of thoughts and words. That's all it is. The battlefield of the mind, it's a battle of thoughts and words. Go with me to Mark 7. I'm getting close to being done here. (laughs) You want me to keep going? All right, I like that. Oh, you know I could. (laughs) I love it. All right, Mark 7. Mark 7. Verse 14. It says, When he, Jesus had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from the outside which can defile him, but the things which come, from, come out from him. Those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? How would you like to be rebuked by Jesus? (laughs) Yes, sir. Teach me. Just teach me. Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him? Because it does not enter his heart but his stomach and is eliminated, thus purifying all, uh, purifying all foods. And he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within. And defile a man. So Jesus made it very clear that food does not defile a person spiritually. Now, you know, we know it's going to kind of mess with some things with your physical body. There are natural laws that we need to obey, right? Amen. But he was trying to say that, guess what? What you eat's not going to affect your relationship with me as far as if you're going to go to heaven or not, right? Come on. But we got to be wise as well. But uh, the word defile is defined as this. Listen to this. To make unclean, to make impure, to render foul or dirty. So Jesus said that eating food from the outside does not defile you, but rather what comes out of your heart. Say heart. So we have already established now that the only thing that each uh, kingdom in the spirit realm can do is try to influence, influence us at best, right? They hope, their hope is that we cooperate with them 
by verbally speaking words and or actions. That's what the spirit realm is trying to get us to do. So Jesus said, what comes out of a person defiles them. The fruit of their soul, mind, will, and emotions. All right? Everything in our life depends on the condition of our heart. In fact, the condition of your life right now has everything to do with the condition of our heart. Amen? Whether it's good or evil, it will manifest that kind of fruit in your life, right? The first thing, listen to this, the first thing that Jesus mentions about the heart is this, evil thoughts. Say thoughts. That is extremely important to recognize because your thoughts will produce spoken words and they will eventually turn into actions. Are you following me? In fact, it's so, the thought life is so powerful, Jesus said you can commit adultery right in your thought life. You don't even have to go into that bedroom. Come on, somebody. It takes place. That action can take place right in your fantasy thought life. Come on, amen? So remember from last week, our thoughts are the gateway and communication with the spirit realm, Right? So what we meditate on is going to draw that kingdom into our life, either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Now look at Joshua 1.8. Go there with me. Joshua 1.8. This gets driven home even, even farther down the road here. And it says the, this. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do what is uh, you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will ha- make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God is revealing a kingdom key to breakthrough and success on this earth. Meditating on the word of God will cause us to speak the word of God, and then it will cause us to do the word of God, and then success will come. All right, to have kingdom results. In our life, all right, to have kingdom results in our life from the Word of God, we must meditate on it. We must meditate. Say meditate. Meditate. The Word of God must be meditated on and verbally spoken and acted upon. And then it says, if you will do that, when you meditate on the Word of God, you're making that connection in the spirit realm with the kingdom of God. And your spoken words and actions then transfer the blessings from the kingdom of God into the natural realm. Now, listen to this. Let me prove to you a point that the thought life is connecting with the spirit realm. You ready for this? God gave Peter in the book of Acts, I believe it's chapter 10, he gave Peter a vision. Remember that? He gave Peter a vision. And it said this. You'll miss it if you if you do not recognizing this. When Peter meditated on the vision, when he thought on the vision, that's when the Holy Spirit spoke more to him and gave him further revelation. That's proof right there. Your thought life is who you're connecting with in the invisible spirit realm. Because it said, as he thought on the vision from the Lord, that's when the Holy Spirit said something. Oh, did you get that? So... So meditating on the Word of God is what chewing food is to your natural body. All right? It's not just a a fleeting thought in the morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. I love you. Okay, that's it. Really? 
Really? Is that it? That's the meditation? No, it's not. We meditate on things all the time. You know that? Well, James, what is meditation? I, I, I don't meditate. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. That's what anxiety, fear, worry, all those are meditation in the wrong direction. You, med- you and I meditate all the time on stuff. The problem is it's not on the right things probably most of the time. But think about if we would meditate on the right things. Can you imagine the power that we can walk in on this earth? What we meditate on will determine our words that come out of our mouth and our actions. And Jesus said what fruit comes out of our heart or thought life, whether it's evil or good, that's what you're going to manifest in your life. And he said this. He said, when you meditate on, when you meditate on evil, when you speak evil, when you act evil, he said, that is what defiles a person. It will defile the soul, mind, will, and emotions, and it will defile your physical body. Let's jump back to Mark 7. I find it interesting uh, that Jesus said, not, it's not what goes into a person that defiles them, but what comes out. Listen to this. I know there he was talking, he was literally talking about food. We know this, right? But the Holy Spirit showed me something deeper and a new perspective on this. Listen to this. Temptation, fiery darts from the enemy to try to influence us is not a sin, and those do not defile you. Oh, someone needs to hear this. Because some people are walking around with condemnation because the enemy keeps putting thoughts in your mind. And the Lord said, it's not what goes in that defiles you. It's what your heart takes hold of and then the fruit of that that comes out. So you following me? Someone's got it over here. Temptation, the fiery darts, those will not defile you because you still have an opportunity to cast those thoughts down. Come on. That's why the word says to cast down those thoughts. So we know when the enemy's working from the outside, that's not going to defile you. See, the enemy's, the enemy's very tricky. He will throw thoughts into your mind, right? And people are like, oh, I keep having these bad thoughts and they're walking in guilt and condemnation. It's like, cast them down. They're from the outside. Now, the moment you take hold of them, that's when they defile you. All right? Mm, Someone's getting it. So they're constantly trying to tempt and influence us, but that doesn't defile. Don't take hold of it in your heart. Cast those thoughts and imaginations down in every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Amen? So, Here's the deal. Someone can hold a carrot in front of me, but until I take a hold of it and a bite and chew it and swallow it, it doesn't get inside of me. It's when the enemy sends that thought, you chew on it. Guess what? The 17 second rule. You know, you have the five second rule. You drop food and one, two, three, four. Well, the thoughts of the enemy, you have 17 seconds to cast that thing down. Meditating on that thought, holding on to it, thinking about it, going deeper into that thought. Now you're chewing it. You swallow it and it gets inside of you. Are you following me? This is power. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you take hold of this, this will change your walk with God. So the same is true with temptation. It's there. 
until you meditate on it, it's not your thought. And it cannot defile you. All right? So some of you can kind of shed off a lot of the, the weight that you're holding on to. All right? All right? So, um, so the Holy Spirit said uh, that the enemy cannot defile you, all right, from the outside. It all depends what you do with that thought. Um, that is why Jesus said that that which proceeds from your own heart can defile you. Now, so the word defile, remember, I want to connect something here that's powerful. The word defile means to make unclean. Let's just leave it at that, all right? Go with me to James 3, and I'm almost done here. I'm literally almost on the last page. I am on the last page. We'll just say that, all right? Now, we're doing fine on time. Quit giving me those dirty looks, everyone. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so um, James 3, 5. is No, you guys are great. I love it. Okay, so James 3, 5 through 6. Listen to this. How important is the tongue? How important are spiritual words? I'm sorry, spoken words. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it, what? Underline it, defiles the whole body. And sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. If that doesn't show us our spoken words can affect even our physical body by giving place to the kingdom of darkness. Come on, somebody. Spoken words can defile the whole body. Now, let me really blow your mind with this last passage. Go with me to Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to tie something in here that maybe you never even seen or thought about. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, my last passage here. Remember, the word defile means to make unclean, okay? You're opening the door to the wrong kingdom. That's what defiling is. Look at this. When an unclean spirit or a demon goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he will find, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. I find it very interesting that the word of God refers to demons, evil spirits, as unclean spirits. Unclean spirits defile a person, their soul, not your spirit, man. Who lives in your spirit, man, if you're a born-again Christian? The Holy Spirit. But demonic spirits can come against your, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and they can, yes, attack your physical body. Are you following me, what, I, what I'm saying here? It's said here in James that the tongue... If you're speaking and giving place to the kingdom of darkness, your words literally can give permission to demons to come inside of your soul and your body to defile you. Oh, you're not going to hear this in many churches on a Sunday morning. Let me just tell you that right now. Yep. 
Churches that don't talk about demons and evil spirits, guess what they're doing? They're reserving the best seat in front for them. While people in the church are suicidal, they have addictions, they have all these things, they come in with a smile, but they are crying on the inside. And they leave oh, Monday, Monday through Saturday, they are a mess. Because nobody wants to deal with the demon problem. The, uh, the church thinks, the body of Christ thinks the demon problem, <laughs> that's just the unsaved. No, 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 no. Your words, your actions can literally open you up to get demons. In fact, Jesus said deliverance is the children's bread. The world is not a child of God. If you're unsaved, you're a child of the devil. Deliverance is a benefit for Christians. And most Christians picked up demons before they got born again. And guess what? They don't leave automatically. They must be cast out. Are you following me, somebody? So the reason Jesus said that evil thoughts, evil spoken words, and evil actions can defile a person is because it can open them up to and invites unclean spirits into their life. It attracts the wrong kingdom. It attracts death into their life. Whether that's the death, uh, physical infirmity it can attract... Or the death of your soul, your emotions. Anybody, anybody have, have such bondage in your soul? You feel like you're dying emotionally? Come on, somebody. I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm not even dealing with the unbelievers. In fact, why would you cast a demon out of an unbeliever when it said right here that if you cast a devil out of an unbeliever, they're just going to come right back in with more of them? Only a Christian can keep them out. Are you following me? Oh, I'm giving you a little taste of Saturday night. Hallelujah. But they will defile your soul, mind, will, and emotions, and they can affect your physical body. The word is very clear that some, some physical infirmities are a direct uh, result of a demonic spirit in your physical body. So this is why feeding on the Word of God is so important. This is why plugging into a Holy Spirit-filled Bible-believing church is so important. This is why your inner circle and your family members you hang out with are so important. This is why the deliverance and healing ministry is so important. There are so many wounded and hurting Christians that are defiled that need healing. They need deliverance. They need to get strengthened from the Word of God. They need to be discipled. They need to be in an atmosphere where the presence of God is. Amen? Church, listen. We need to know and constantly be aware of what we think, say, and do. Because both will bring a manifestation, both, all those things, both of those things, sign contracts in the spirit realm. Your spoken words sign contracts in the spirit realm. But guess what? They can also cancel contracts in the spirit realm. So let's go. It's time for Christians to major in the spirit realm and minor in the natural realm. And let's watch what the Holy Spirit does. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for that word. Lord, I pray whatever 
that individual needed to hear and hold on to, I pray that would be like stuck to their thought life like glue all week. And that you would give them deeper and further revelation in Jesus' mighty name. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. He died on that cross to take your sin away. You're carrying it yourself. Without faith in him, you're carrying it yourself. Are you hearing me? Jesus took it for you that you would not have to go to hell. But guess what? God is so generous that he says, hey, if you want to carry your own sin, you can do that. But it's an eternity in hell in the lake of fire. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to come forward and let's, let's just give you a new birthday, the born-again experience today. Maybe you're here, you, 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 know, you were born again a long time ago, but you've fallen away. You've fallen away, and frankly, you don't know if you drop dead right now. Let's just talk that. You know, let, a reality check for everyone. If you drop dead right now, do you have confidence that you would go to heaven for eternity? If you don't, you need to come up here and let's just pray a prayer of rededication right now. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You want to find out more about that? Come forward. I want to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism and speaking or praying in tongues. That's powerful. You need, you need it. Amen? Now, maybe you're here, you need a physical healing, an emotional healing. Maybe you need deliverance, whatever it is. Maybe you want to pray for a family member, anything else. Come forward today after the service. We'll stay as long as as we need. But Tuesday night, we have our prayer call. Wednesday, prayer here. Friday morning, prayer. Listen, there's no shortage of prayer. Why do you think these services are like (laughs) skyrocketing with the presence of God? It's not because we're special. It's because we're giving him the invitation. We want his intimacy with him. We want his presence and power. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you, jump on. Jump on. And if, if you have a desire to, to plug into Living Waters and, 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 and you know want to jump on some things, I'm going to be putting the papers back out for people who want to join some area of ministries here and be involved, amen? Because I'm telling you right now, you're in the ground level of this new season. And you're on the ground level. So if you want to be a part of this move and revival outpouring, I'm telling you, you'll have every opportunity to do that, amen? Also, don't forget this Saturday at 7 o'clock, man, we're going to have a Holy Ghost revival outpouring in this place. All right, invite family, invite friends. Let's pack this place out. Not for me, but for the Lord, amen? That's why we're doing it. We're giving the Lord an opportunity to minister to people. That's all it is, amen? Amen. So Saturday night at 7 p.m., share it on Facebook, do whatever you gotta do. But let's get people here. Bring the demon possessed, bring them all in, amen? amen? Let's cast some devils and let's see people get healed. Everybody have a great week, and uh, we love you all. If you need me, grab one of my cards. I'm available to talk anytime. So God bless you all. Thanks so much for coming. Hallelujah.